Boy, if that's not the most upbeat elevator ride I've ever been on. Oh, man. That is Production good. quality is off the charts. We are just improving in leaps and bounds over here. Hey, Every welcome day. everybody to the product safety broadcasting session. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm your host, Jared Fry, along with my other host, Keith Rhodes. That's me. And, uh, yeah, and hey, we're just, uh, I, just a little intro here, we're just two guys, we've been working in the product safety field, and we decided, you know what this industry needs? A podcast. So, that's what we did. Um, we're just kind of spitballing we we uh just talk about our opinions nothing here is representing any organizations or professional affiliations it's just purely our opinions um and yeah if you're if you're down with that let's let's get on with the broadcasting session now for today's bs what are we uh what are we talking about today jared well today i think we were gonna bs about product design and how to build safety into design Oh, big fan of this topic. Yeah, it's a very deep topic. We're going to, I think, try to start high level and then maybe dive it's, a little bit deeper. We'll see what we can cover. I would like to think it's a very deep topic that we're going to dive very shallowy into. I mean, like, we, we've, what, about six minutes in prep for this this one today? <laughs> so, uh, let's let's get to it. So kind of makes right. me think of that song from uh, Lady Gaga on the, in that movie. You know that song I'm talking about. With you know I'm Bradley also terrible. Cooper. <laughs> yes, that's it. I was gonna say you also know I'm terrible at at pop culture. So I was like, ooh, movie. <laughs> I'm so terrible at pop culture, but I went into it describing it as a Lady Gaga song, and then realized there's more than one of those. <laughs> Let's get back to the BS. The um, so Product Jared, safety. Jared, you 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 uh you mentioned you had a question. Um, well, yeah, I mean, not really a specific question, but more just like a, a launching point of what makes for a good design. Like to you, what Ooh. do you think when you're using a product, um, what to you makes a good design? You want me to answer that? Or is that like yeah, a hypothetical I mean, you? No, so I, uh, I think my, my response to that would be uh, intuitively you're able to use it for many different uses successfully without having to read instructions so that however you might perceive this whether you're me you a child older than us from a different place than we are you can use it and it works to what you intended to do that's what i think makes a good design yeah i i like to you you mentioned about intuitiveness in, intuition intu, intuition oh, i'm so glad i didn't say intuitivity because that was the next thing coming out of my mouth muscles <laughs> you mentioned about intuition and that to me is like because I typically when something stands out to me as a good design I feel like I don't realize it until a little bit later I'll be like wow like I didn't even have to think I didn't have to know I've never interacted yeah, I, with this before it. and I just knew how to do it yeah you know um, and and then I mean from a safety perspective, I think that's kind of like about just design and utility. Yeah. Uh, and then from a safety perspective, I think it's that same extension, right? Uh, you know, you don't want to have to think about it. You don't want to have to try to like figure out how this is supposed to work or if you did it right. And then from a safety perspective too, you don't want to have to like think about, am I doing this right? Or if I, 
you know, you don't want to have to think about your consequences, you know. It's yeah, just, I don't want have I yeah. don't want to have to be, you know, so to speak, walking on eggshells. But I don't want to have yeah. to like have that thought in the back of my head of like, oh, I have to make sure that X Y Z doesn't happen so I don't injure myself. Yeah, I think where this starts for me from a design perspective and and my limited involvement in, in you know new product development, I I think there's two things that I I look for to help guide me into better design or design principles that also I think people. I think people differentiate between like safety, quality, and performance and what a product is unnecessarily. I think it all ties into one. Um, and, and making a good design includes elements of safety, and, and I think it starts with human centricity. So if you're designing this for a child or if you're designing this for, let's say, a dog, it's dog centricity, but you target who's going to use this and who might use this in a foreseeable use fashion – but you do a broad categorization of how many different ways this can be used in the way that we intend it. Um, I think the best way for me to learn this um, was a was a free course for anyone's listening from IDEO. IDEO uh, has a has a really great presentation on this and multiple presentations on on human centricity. And I think the other resource is it starts to tie in more of the safety concept and build up on what we're here to talk about today, Jared. Um, I think you and I both provided comment on this a number of years ago or a few years ago was the the human factors guidelines that the CPSC put out in oh, what was that like late 2019 maybe early 2020 um, there's a oh, I there's think a, it was before that I think it was yeah 27 no. 2016 2017 something well, like there that There was a, a recent publication I thought that was about 35 40 pages of just going through you know human performance usability user experiences, yeah. vulnerable populations, things to consider, when to consider them, why you consider them. And I think it's a really quick read and an easy way to understand for someone with zero or minimal experience in, in, in what you know product design is or what safety is to blend those two aspects together in a, in a pretty concise way. Um, and I think that if, you know, if we're speaking about the same document, I think it covers an evaluation perspective right? How do we evaluate our design? And I think that's important to understand, you know, how, how you go about doing that and ways that you can kind of check your designs before launching into production right. or going to market. And um, that's really where the safety aspect comes in. So yeah, it, it's, a, it's essentially like the, the safety testing version of, of testing your design. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe we should be clear of what we mean by design too i mean design is the product design but it's also uh, the materials the labeling the instructions it's the uh, whole the user experience it's the yeah. whole kit and caboodle from from pick it up off the shelf to take it apart assemble it throw it away use it you know it's that I, that whole thing i think is i'd even design. back it up a bit i mean design goes before the user picks it up off the shelves so, i mean oh, of course even of course. in manufacturing i think we'll, we'll maybe even talk about things like Oh. DFM and DFA design, design for, for manufacturing. manufacturing. Oh hell yeah! yeah. Design That's... for assembly. Yep. You know, there's yep. there's pieces in there as well. Uh, so do you so have... it's it's the whole product life cycle, um, even down through maintenance, repair, and disposal of of an Absolutely item. Absolutely agree. Absolutely um, that, agree. That I think now too. You know, I, I wonder if it gets considered <laughs> in in product design. I think now it's it's happening more and more with sustainable efforts and and you know other you know global political or actual scientific things that are happening um you know we look at things like circularity and there's there's companies now that are just starting new business lines strictly over circularity of products meaning upcycling or recycling goods specifically 
um, to, you know, put them back out in the market. And I think that's that's another aspect of design, as you mentioned. This is, mm-hmm. you know, well before the user experience, and I stand corrected. I, 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 uh, I totally agree with you, Jared. It goes way, way earlier. Um, but do we want to talk maybe about, like, some subsets of design that we, you know, think pertain to safety that maybe were overlooked in our experiences or controversial sure. things or the way we evaluate something? You want to jump into that? Yeah, if you've got some, if you've got some topics. Well, I, I think you had a. If really, you've got some content, I'll pitch in. No, I think I think you had a, you. We had an example. We were just talking casually the other day, as we do, and and uh, you were talking about your treadmill. Ah, uh, yes, 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 uh, yeah. So some some examples. Um, you know, this is following up from the the treadmill incidents that have been in the news over the you know earlier part of the summer. Um, we have a treadmill in the basement, and my wife said, and we always keep the, the safety key in the treadmill. Um, my wife said, oh, we should probably not do that anymore because our daughter, she's old enough and smart enough, she can turn it on, she can reach up top, push the buttons, and get the the, the belt going. Don't you just love um, this age? I know, it's just it's fantastic. You know, we we play with it as uh, we play grocery shopping, and that's the belt. She oh, loves to put course. the groceries on the belt. And you got to go faster and faster and faster. Yep. Yeah, and that's Duh. how we play it. We play it all the time. Yeah. And then, and then everything, everything's going on, and Daddy cannot scan the groceries fast enough, mm. and hilarity ensues. Yeah, best um, game ever. But, but you know that some of those times, hilarity might not ensue. Um, and that's my fear. So, so And my wife as well. So we decided we're going to stop putting the, the key on the in we're going to stop keeping it in there we'll, we'll put it off to the side okay and and our daughter can reach the key and she can go and she was trying to like blindly stick it into the the slot but it it's supposed to be keyed right? it's supposed to be have one specific orientation that it goes into so it's supposed to be keyed into the hole that it, it you have to line it up correctly and go and i was like and, you know it's fine she'll never figure it out she's under the thing she mm-hmm. can't see it. she's doing this blindly but mm-hmm. sure enough she's just kind of like mashing it in there and she mashed the key in to the slot yeah got the treadmill to turn on and it was completely in like the 180 degree orientation that it was supposed to be in so now is your treadmill of the era that it immediately turned on at the speed it was previously shut off at or did it start up from zero because that that uh, could be i missed that (laughs) my speakers suck over here (laughs) uh no no it's all good i was saying is your treadmill of the era uh i can remember one that my parents had and we used to love doing this because you shut it off, and when you turn it on, it resumed the speed at which you previously shut it off. So oh, yes, yes. There was a it, full sprint it, to stop or stop to full will. sprint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you pause it, it will resume where you were before. Yeah. Um, but I, I just remember looking at her and being like, yeah, she'll never get this. And then, like, she turns the belt on, and I'm like, how? What? Why? Why is that? Why, Why? is this a thing? And, and it's not hard to make, like, a, a shape that can only go in in one orientation. Right, just make like a nice T shape. Like this, this shape of this key was like a very slight beveled edge, kind of like a very slight trapezoid, but very easily looked like a rectangle. So yeah. it's got more than one position that it can engage with the with the system. I'm just like, of all the like infinite shapes, like you couldn't just find something that's <laughs> clearly only has one orientation yeah. to it. Yeah. So that I you know little thing there, but. No, I, I think that's a good one. I think something that I also take back from usability and foreseeable full use and, and, and just user experience in general. Um, the other day I, I got a phone call. 
Oh, I hear myself echoing, Jared. Yeah, sorry. I'm telling you, we got issues. You got you okay, got technical now. issues. Uh, that's much better. Uh, I had a friend call me up and said, hey, I, I, I got some I want to show you. I was like, oh, okay. Jared, are you all right there? Did you just fall down the stairs? <laughs> Keith, I got lots of issues going on over here. <laughs> oh, man. I can't tell if you just threw the laptop under the covers of the bed you're laying in or if you truly just tumbled down a flight of stairs. <laughs> no, anyway, this is, this, here's a perfect thing. People here did not think about the fact that in, in 2020 there'd be a massive pandemic and people would be taking all these phone calls from home. And the usability of just simply using a microphone, uh, we, we got to do better. Uh, yeah, you know, I picked up this headset just before pandemic, uh, you know, coincidentally, it's maybe like late 2019, and it's it's on the fritz now, so no, we, we, <laughs> that's we, what I've been fighting with as we've been chatting. <laughs> like, I hear every fourth word, I don't know if you're hearing anything I'm saying, but we're no, just I, plowing through it. No, I, I hear everything you say. I, th I think you should get a Shure SM7B. It's, it's a wonderful microphone. Um, but anyway, nice uh, commercial there. I wonder if Cheryl sent oh, us wait, any wait, money wait, wait, for wait. sponsoring this. Yeah, let, let's just just take a moment for our sponsors. <laughs> and we're back. Thank you. Yeah, we're looking for sponsors. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, no, I I think uh, the, I had a friend call me up the other day and said, "Hey, I got some I want to show you." I was like, "Okay, cool. Uh, what's up?" And he shows up, you know, after the kids are in bed, and I was like, "No way." He pulls up in this new Tesla Model S, and I get inside this thing, and I'm like what the hell's going on with the steering wheel and it's not a steering wheel it's it's what they call a yoke so if you've ever commanded an aircraft before you know you have this you know kind of like a u-shaped handle in front of you that is meant to turn maybe 20 to 30 degrees to the left and 20 to 30 degrees to the right and obviously when you drive a car you know when you steer into a parking space you might be turning that wheel depending on the type of car that you have anywhere from like 360 to 720 degrees so manhandling a, you know, yoke that's rectangular was one thing. And for somebody who has a, a, a disability in a wrist, it was actually painful and difficult to, to, to rotate this. So I, I was completely disenfranchised immediately. I, I just had one, nothing to do with this. Um, and, and the next thing that happened is I, I went to go use the turning signal and turn on the lights. All the buttons are in the steering wheel. They're, they're all like flat touch capacitive buttons there's there's no such knob or you know there's well, like no tactile response there's no, button yeah there's there. no familiarity at all for anybody so i get it like after a few weeks you'd probably be normalized and you'd be fine but for all these new tesla drivers or for people that are getting into a vehicle the first time i was like taken aback and i was not familiar at all with the experience and not comfortable quite frankly to be driving that 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 vehicle in that situation granted it was fun as hell but you know, I, I, I did just like two seconds of research before this, and apparently the design is still extremely contentious. Uh, a few days ago, it looked like Consumer Reports went on a, on a rampage about this, and um, National Highway Transportation Safety Bureau has like somehow remained ambiguously like anonymous, like we are aware of it, but we're not going to comment on it, and obviously it's in production. So that's then it brings, so funny. It brings I up mean, the whole yeah, thing about you, like design, Jared, of like... You take something that's so... Stanford, familiar I mean, familiar right like, familiar right i mean every single car has a circular wheel and it's and it's not saying that you know oh that's how we've always done it so that's how we have to do it or you know this is the optimal design whatever you know flaws or shortcomings there might be with the steering wheel the thing you cannot deny is that everybody knows the feel of it and everyone knows how to use it 
I mean, when you jump in a rental car, you know, you know how to drive the steering wheel. I'll tell you what I always struggle with is how to turn on the radio, how to lower the AC, like those things, those buttons are always jumping around. It takes 20 minutes to figure out how to work, uh, you know, the, the control panel in a new car. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely one of those things that I think if you, if you look back and I, I'm sure Tesla did all sorts of user groups, or maybe it was just Elon being Elon. It was like, no, we need to do something different and, and jazzy. And that's what they came up with that day. But, uh, regardless, there's a time and a place. And we I think, need, we uh, need to make ourselves a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you just did to your microphone, Jared, you might as well be in Nova Scotia right now. So, uh, shove that thing back in your mouth and let's get to it. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I think another product that I, um, and this is where we're going to go with this, is I love this product, and, and I hope this instills that it's a safe and healthy thing for everybody to do, regardless of their of their masculinity or other um, you know traits. Bidets are incredible. Um, <laughs> okay. So many people are like, "Why do you have a bidet? That's weird." It's like, it's extremely clean and it's wonderful in the summertime, and. <laughs> is this going to tie back to product safety somehow, or are you just going to yeah, start pitching product, bidets to no, us? No, I think I, I would love to start pitching bidets. I, you know, I got a good guy. He's in sales, you know, and he he could sell something to you. But anyway, uh, <laughs> when, we, when we think about this product, there's like an on lever and then an off switch, and it happens to be positioned at a very child-friendly location that when your three-year-old decides that it's time to play, you know, splashy face, you just open the toilet, you turn that thing on, and, and you're, like, going down Splash Mountain. And then you get into the bathroom, oh and gosh. you're like, no, who's going to get pink eye? How much stuff do I have to clean up? Like, can we can we design a product that's clearly foreseeable that, like, a kid is going to play with this and, like, wreak havoc on oh anyone's Oh, my breath? gosh, or, or I just know. Turn, that's turn so... it on and leave it on? Like, That's so luckily, gross. I can also luckily, just imagine, you know, hygiene aside, just the amount of water spewing out all oh, over the place. Uh, yeah, the thing comes out at like 180 psi. You know, it. it <laughs> any, no, it doesn't. But any, anyway, like, luckily for us, the bidet opens and, and sprays, and at full velocity goes, goes full flow, goes right into the the bathtub. So after he left the scene <laughs> of the crime, it was like, oh, this is now a water feature, Dad. Like, look at what I did. And, of course, it's laminar flow, so it looks cool. And we had to have that science lesson. But regardless, <laughs> it was like, come on. So you on. can, like, walk under it like you're walking oh, under, like, yep. the uh, the rainbow yep. on the yellow like brick road or something? Yeah, it was like you're at Disney World, and the water was just shooting right over the walkway. Um, <laughs> and he thought it was the coolest thing. And I thought it was the coolest thing. But to this day, it's just like a... No, we're we're gonna turn the valve under the toilet for this one because we can't have that in that bathroom. It's just, <laughs> it's you know you know we've talked before about it, and I always say you know people give a hard rap to to organizations that focus on product safety that they're always so child centric and child focused and focus on toys and I, well these are the these are the difficulties with the products. I mean things like. Would you ever consider child use for a bidet? Um, probably not, but but boy, would that be a nice thing to have. Yeah, right? that would have been a nice thing to like think about that maybe like, you know, for other items that could be devastating like chainsaws and lighters. Yeah. There's well, a that, you know, that, mechanism. That's, it's actually and a good example a, for I what I... I put a bidet in a, in a chainsaw category. I want a two-step <laughs> mechanism. 
Well, it's actually a good example for what I meant earlier, like a design that you don't have to think about, and it kind of like solves a problem that you may not have even known you had. Like, let's say your son went over to try to turn the thing on, and it caught some, you know, child lock or something like that, and that had to be overcome, and you couldn't do it. You'd take a step back, and you'd be like, wow, I didn't know I needed that, but I am glad it was there, and it just saved me a huge load of mess. Yeah, and and it's just like... If they can design a bidet that has, like, an auto-lock aiming feature of an F-16, they could surely put a, a, a child-resistant activation on it. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I think let's go to the other spectrum, the other side of the spectrum here and, and get off the bidet topic because it might be unsavory for some users. But can, I, can I give a <laughs> – sure, sure. What, what spectrum well, did you want to go to? I, I wanted to go to the other end where it's like, you know, recently there was a recall for a, a, a bathroom stool, a stool that you use in the shower. And it's definitely more of an adult product, and then these things collapse. And it's like, okay, it's made out of teak. We know teak is you know relatively weather resistant, but in the bathroom, it's going to go from relatively cold to really hot and humid. Happens multiple times a day. And if you're going to sit on something, you'd want it to be stable and not collapse and not break. And it's just like, you know, wood is not a homogenous substance. It, this is going to be you know, relatively difficult to control. But in, in this case, too, in this recall, it's, it's it's unfortunate that it happened. But also the design aspect of this, I think, was mainly focused on form rather than function and certainly durability, uh, you know, gauging by the price point of this. But it's another one of those things of, like, you know, you look at it and it's just like, come on. You know, we've been learning about these things, you know, shower stools and chairs and, and whatnot for, for the elderly, for for. It's got to be five or six years has been a hot button topic, right? Like, come on. So anyway, yeah. Anyway, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, and that goes to like you know, material choice goes into the design. Uh, you know, everything. It's not just kind of the the shape and size of what you're producing. There's there's a lot of decisions that go into that. How you're painting it, manufacturing processes. And you take it off, and you go to another direction. We were talking about pet products the other day. There was another recall for for uh, a pet product, and I know. Most people just go like, "Oh, let's just test it to the toy standard because you know it must be sufficient." There's there's no, you know, regulation necessarily that is applied to, uh, you know, pet products. And and there's a recall for a sharp edge that was exposed. And and you look at this, it's a it's a formed pressed steel bowl with a with a rubber like press fit gasket. And apparently, if that non-slip gasket comes off, you know you have this potentially sharp edge of this yeah. steel that's exposed it's like well how else are you going to pick up the dog bowl to fill it up or clean it you're going to yeah. grab that edge like, i mean i don't know I, I don't know the product if it was you know a failure was happening when it was coming off or it just wasn't secured on there you know because it's it's a rubber uh, elastic piece there so it's got a lot of malleability to it if you just kind of press that on the bottom side, well, you can easily just pull it right back off. So I think this um, is perfectly tying into a topic you wanted to talk about in our minimum preparation for this, Jared, is, you know, okay, was it a design thing? Was it a material thing? Was it a manufacturing thing? And that really brings back in the whole, you know, design for assembly. Was there an assembly issue? Was it a design issue or design for manufacturing? I know you wanted to talk about that specifically. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I I. I don't have any specific examples, but I think it is something, so a part of design that may go overlooked a lot is um, manufacturing defects are a major cause of some of these recalls. You know, if we look at that dog bowl for an example, for example, 
possibly, you know, let's just hypothetically say that there was a, supposed to be a ring of glue around there that that glues that rubber um, non-slip piece to the the, the bowl. Um, you know, if that doesn't, if that's not done right, or if it's too complex, then then you have these failures that happen in the market. Uh, and that that design for manufacturing is is a key piece. Just knowing what the process is. I mean, I've seen things like uh, going down to spring design. You know, if you've got a spring, a, a door or a latch that opens and then kind of automatically closes. You know, how you control the shape of the springs. You know, how you how you control them so that they don't get tangled up in the uh, in the manufacturing environment. So you pull one out and it's kind of stuck, and then you just like yank it and you deform it a little bit, but but then you just jam it into the product anyway. Um, I mean, there's a lot of, out there about designing something for a manufacturing purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the best resources I think that I've had in my experience is just talking with the manufacturers, yep. which I've seen too often are, are kind of neglected. Product is designed, passed over to the manufacturer, and, you know, the, go, make this that we put on the paper. Um, and And treating the two operations in isolation can it, you know it really leaves a lot on the table in terms of that manufacturing um, design which which can impact safety but certainly impact productivity um, and, and output of your your products product quality as well yeah and I think I think in your example too Jared you, you touched on the subject that I kind of wanted to push into the closing statements of this is a lot of times in design um, People are shut down because of lack of data or being, you know, said that they have an anecdotal piece of information. And and something that I've tried to define in the last few years of my career is when is when does anecdote actually become data? And it's kind of funny that like, you know, you talk to a medical expert, one medical expert that has one opinion and it's just like gospel. And why is it when you talk to one manufacturer and they say like, hey, this is what we can do or this is what we can't do, it's just like Ah, nah. Let's just throw a plan on it, and let's just look at the numbers. Find another manufacturer. Yeah, it's like no. Like a lot of times, although we might be from different places and have different ways we do things, I completely agree with you. Network with the manufacturer and ask them questions. Get them involved in the process as early on as you can to see what is truly feasible. It'll save you the time, the money, the emotional hassle. We we we've been there, and and yeah. and that's something to me. It's, yeah, it's like, like it's hey, not it's not an anecdote. <laughs> If, if if you've got a stakeholder that produces fifty million of this type of product in a year, you kind of want to know, know about it. Ins and outs on yeah. how to produce it yeah. and design it. So I think I think for me, you know, kind of summarizing a lot of what we talked today about today, Jared, is um, a few things of you know design from the hazard out is is a good methodology for you know having a good design with safety included. You know, there's a few resources that we mentioned. I think one thing we didn't mention, Jared, is the overall kind of like, you know, risk hierarchy when you do find something in a design. And I think we would be, you know, it'd be unfortunate if we don't mention the whole eliminate, reduce, warn type of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, thought process and methodology here. But if you find something in a design that isn't intuitive and, and potentially foreseeable to create a risk, it doesn't have to be an injury. It could just be a brand risk, you know, eliminate it if you can design it out of the product if you can't you know reduce it from occurring put some sort of function or redundancy on there and then lastly you know what's what's minimally effective is putting a warning label or you know an education scheme around it again all are likely needed in any design 
Um, but at least I think that's something that we could take away. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think there's probably some some other examples out there as well that you know different oh, folks yeah. can I mean, use. You know, like we said, Keith, this is a really deep topic, and there's so many aspects you can pick at, and I, I do think we just kind of scratched the surface here. Yeah. Um, you know, there there's some great designs out there. I think we highlighted a lot of poor designs that that we've seen, but, uh, um, you know, we we were chatting earlier this week just about some, some nice designs that we've seen, things that are so intuitive, and uh, and, and again, like you don't really need to even think about it. Um and and I think another aspect we didn't really touch on too much is assembly of items and using the the assembly instructions how to put something together and just you know knowing that the two poles that you snap together you you have that kind of audible snap or that oh, that's physical true. That's true. click the haptic together feedback the visual feedback you yeah know, yeah that's becoming and, more and more popular and it's great because and the, you know helps grandparents it helps different language speakers different you know people from different backgrounds you're you're absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So I think we're I think we're coming up to the end of time. Where are we at, Keith? We're we're at, we're at 29 minutes, and I mean the All outro right. music is cued. Okay, let me let me just I'll just say the last thing. You know, sure, I don't sure. know from my perspective if I've seen like a design focused human factors uh, um, guidance out there, but it might be something that I think a lot of manufacturers take internally and, and try to internalize themselves. Might be a uh, a recommendation. I th- I have seen some things here, and I think that's that's the the next step that I think we should we could take in the oh, in the ooh, product ooh. design. Are we even a cliffhanger here? I think Keith? we I think we just left a a, a cliffhanger uh, to for be maybe continued. to be continued. Oh man, is that my cue to 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 load up that outro music? I don't even know what it is. I'm so excited for it. Ah, oh, thank you for BSing with us today, man. I it was great, Jared, as always. I know, and like we say all the time, this is just fun for us to do, so that's that's all we're doing. We're just having fun doing this. Awesome. Well, great job today, Jared, and thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next thank time. Thank you. Have a good one, all.